Hello and welcome everyone to the Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because critique is our fangirl love language and because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse and I'm Kelly. And in this week's episode, we're discussing Witches Steeped in Gold by Shannon Smart, which tells the story of Ariya, who has been imprisoned and whose family, previously the ruling monarchs, were killed by Jasmine mo- Jasmine's mother, who both Jasmine and Ariya would now like dead, and they team up to make it happen. But they also hate each other, and kind of like the same guy, and there's a lots of chaos and vengeance. Let's get into it. Initial reactions, Jesse. This book really gripped me straight away. Um, I love getting to know our characters, and I'm super intrigued about this pirate prince that came up at the end. Um, it was really you would, cool. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I would. Um, it was really cool to hear about some legends that were vaguely familiar. Familiar, you know, I live for black girl magic, and um, I really love morally gray characters, which we get a lot of in this book. And at the same time, there was a lot of things happening, and I'm sure all will be revealed in the second book. (laughs) What did you think? I don't know what just happened. (laughs) I feel like I was swept into this totally different world that was immersive in, you know, the language coding and in the magical system and in, like, all of the court intrigue. And uh, I was like trying to figure out what everything what was going on while everything was happening and I agree with you about the like morally great characters that is just like mm, spot on stuff um and I love love loved the writing of this book overall it was so good I I put down I did some little close reading and and have a little a few nuggets for us down at the end of the episode in kill your darlings so I'm excited yay Recommend if you like. Jesse, take it away. All right. Killing Eve was mentioned in the comps for this title. And I would say I agree with that. Why was it mentioned as a comp? I think it was because of like this kind of like good person, like good character, like kind of, mm, I don't want to say like bad character. Like Iraya is in the right, but she's also like very mischievous and like got these other plans involved. And I would say like, Iraya is Villanelle and um, Jasmine is Eve. So I, I would agree with that kind of storyline for them. Obviously, I don't know that they like each other in the same way that Villanelle and Eve do, but I like this only. as a yeah. Make it sapphic. <laughs> <laughs> also, we've been reading lots of things inspired by the African diaspora lately. So books like The Gilded Ones, A Psalm of Storms and Silence, Daughters of Enri, and Children of Blood and Bone. They're all very different stories, but they all have very powerful kick-ass black girl magic going on and some wonderful characters. So I would say those are good books to read if you like this or vice versa. Yeah, it's really got those like immersive fantasy worlds, different Mm -hmm. magical systems, characters coming into their own power, lots of different like uh power dynamics between various groups who are you know oscillate between oppressor and oppressed so yeah 100 percent echo yeah and then an ember and the ashes came up as well um not as a direct comp title but like um in things that people like who like this book and i think like if you like rebellion stories um then you'll like this one as well yeah i put victoria aviard in there too just on the fly here Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any of those like red queen which are very much about uh revolutions so why did we choose this book why oh why did we choose this book i feel like y'all are gonna get so tired of hearing this but i saw it on instagram <laughs> um <laughs> the author was writing about black girls doing magic and that's all i needed to hear and the cover is just so beautiful. I really love it. Like, I saw this cover and I was like, I need to read this book. So I was like, let's do it. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. 
I'm such a sucker for the cover of a book. It's kind of ridiculous. So like, why not just read them for the cover? I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but we all do it. We're not judging it by its cover, but sometimes it is like a wine bottle, a determining Mm -hmm. factor in purchasing it. Yeah, exactly. That's such a good like comparison. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. (laughs) The wine bottle's cute. Maybe the wine will taste good too. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's how we're treating the books. time to talk about world building in through the wardrobe um this is a jamaican inspired fantasy if you read if you listen to slash read the audiobook um you can hear it in the accents which was really cool i really should have done that because i was like i hope jesse has listened to the audiobook because i do not know how to pronounce fucking anything (laughs) i know how to pronounce a few things but i just like kind of need to remember (laughs) um the author shannon smart is um has jamaican heritage but she grew up in england just for some background info so i'm guessing maybe some of these legends and um mythologies are things that she grew up with or you know had access to which i thought was pretty cool yeah and we saw um so for an example like to to pull out like a specific example duppies are uh from like Jamaican folklore and they're like ghosts, but also mm-hmm. spirits. Um, they're not like malevolent. They're not like benevolent or malevolent necessarily, but we saw these come up in dream country too. And my friend, dear friend Regina wrote, um, she's a children's book author and she has a book about um, how duppies are, you know, in the folklore around like funerals and stuff. So she has a um, one about uh celebrating a an ancestor who passed and yeah there's a a joke in the story about how the duppies are picking the mangoes but because the mangoes are just falling off the trees because they're super ripe but yeah so it's you know about death and and like but how you're not like alone necessarily when death happens and anyway that's just like I love learning more about this because I didn't really know much about duppies until I read Regina's book and then also um I saw them again in dream country and was like, oh, this is definitely like a through line that I'm excited to get to see more of. Yeah. And I think like the mention of Anansi, like that's something that I had heard of growing up. And um, there's this yarn dyer, um, Namina Bond, I think her name is. She's a yarn dyer from Chicago, but she does like Anansi yarns, which was really cool. Um, And so I just kind of like like the storytelling elements of that. Yeah, I'll we'll put it in the show notes. I'll make sure Kelly gets a link for that because she's editing today. <laughs> <Lots of doll. laughs> we also have pirates. I don't think we've ever read story with like real pirates. No, there's been a, there are there's like a whole slew of like YA pirate books that we have not read. I mean, probably because they're all super white, so I'm not really that interested. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair. (laughs) But I grew up near the ocean, so, like, pirate stories are, like, super cool to me and pirate mythology. And I'm kind of, and I, like, loved Pirates of the Caribbean when I was, like, younger. So I'm kind of excited, and I kind of like this Raj character who seemed, like, very, like bad boy <laughs> you you brought up pirates of the caribbean and i can't remember what scene it was specifically but there's something in there's a scene in here where i'm like oh my god i am just like visualizing epicness in a pirates oh, of the caribbean sense when they like kind of start like i guess i'm guessing they're using like cannonballs but they're like kind of like blowing up where i think um jasmine and araya are at one point or maybe it's just jasmine she's like meeting with raj and there's like um yeah i was imagining that as well like them cannonballing like well because it's establishments. like i mean it, this is like an island nation and stuff i probably should have referred back more to the map than i did when i was actually oh, reading map? i didn't even yeah realize. there's a map there's always a map Ugh, i don't ever look at them just to take cool pictures for instagram <laughs> oh wait maybe there's not a map i'm about to eat my words hold on <laughs> excuse oh oh nope no map we get like a little compendium. Oh, oh boy, I get to talk about paratext here in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah, we get like the magical, the index of the different magical types, which um, I could have used maybe like a glossary. 
Uh, oh, I I agree. There were a lot of things like I was like, I don't know what that means. And you kind of pick it up from context clues. But yeah, I mean, I guess as part of the world building, you just kind of by the second book, I'm like, I know I'll be into it and it'll be fine. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've, yeah. It's at this point, I know it's going to be like kind of part of the reading experience, especially, mm-hmm. you know, as like a white person. Yeah. Or with your unfamiliar. Yes. Pirates. More pirates, please. <laughs> I love that time is measured in moon phases. I love, love, love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, and this whole idea of like coordinating the attack around the new or what they call the black moon, which I've also heard called the dark moon. Mm -hmm. I just love this shit. Like I've been getting into like moon phase stuff, lunar stuff lately. I've learned a lot from Sarah Faith Godestiner and the moon book. And I just like how it's a non linear way of measuring time. And just like, I don't know, it's more like cyclical and natural and organic and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. love that shit. So Mm -hmm. I just had to put that in world building because I'm like, I like how it's even chronological and in the vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. It is pretty cool. We have coups, power struggles, resistance, and surgery. (laughs) In surgery. (laughs) Insurgency. (laughs) Jade Guild unlit. Ira is the like lost empress. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just like a lot, there's so much like court intrigue going on. So I think like maybe cruel, like the book of the air would series would also be another like read alike. Yeah, for sure. Especially because, um, Araya has like, has also trained with these like badass warriors that I think we're going to see more of in the next book. And that was really cool. Yeah. I'm interested to see what else we're going to learn in the next book because there was so much in this book, but I think there's still like so much more to to get out of it so i'm really excited Uh, let's discuss all things magic please because i need to discuss it in order to understand it better the magical system was so complicated to me like i don't know that i completely wrap my head around it so we have the alumbrar who seem to get their magic from gold and the obeya seem to get theirs from their ancestors does that sound right to you? I'm not sure. Okay. And <laughs> I think both come into their power at a certain age. And maybe not always everyone in the like ancestral line gets the power. It felt right. like one of those magical systems that would make a lot more sense the longer you spend with the series. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just really used to like having spent time with specific series as children. And we get into them and like we just understand everything about them now. So it's hard to remember what it was like first reading about magical systems that you don't understand especially because so many books are so similar to those books that we read as kids now so I think this is a great experience to like immerse yourself in a new magical system that doesn't have anything to do with ones that we've learned about before just Mm -hmm. to see like how we feel and like how it feels to be immersed in those worlds again so it's it's really interesting and I just know like the longer we spend time with these books and the longer we spend time in this world it's just going to make more and more sense to me at least (laughs) this system is so nuanced Mm -hmm. and I agree with you that I felt a bit lost I mean that probably came probably came through in my initial reactions and introduction (laughs) to this section um the Obea, the Lumbrar, the, you know, a Metier are, are, so these are two different kinds of like magic print practitioners mm-hmm. um, who have various belief, but it, it, but it's like one belief system with it, it's like Protestant versus Catholic kind of like they have yeah, like they a similar in the deity, same gods. Yeah. but they <laughs> interpret it differently and use the mm-hmm. power differently. Right. Mm-hmm. Metier is the, is that how you pronounce it? Mm hmm is like a person's area of mastery we could say Mm -hmm. yeah the navis which is like not everyone has these these this is like the special power like her extra araya's extra power or Mm -hmm. something right i think so okay because this is like the whole thing about like she can't see that she's like glowing right like she has to reduce herself to the conduit to like pass as a lumbrar or something Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I don't well I think they know she's Obeya, but she I think maybe it has something to do with her being like royal or something, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. And like a guzu. Is that how you say it? Guzu? I think it's guz guzu. Guzu. Um is like the word for like a, a spell or a hex or a, mm-hmm. or something, right? 
yeah, enchantment, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's like a lot of vocabulary to learn. So I think you're right. Like a glossary would have been helpful. But then I think back to having read like certain books when we were younger and like they didn't come with glossaries and we just pick it up eventually. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, that's true. I'm like, we've already figured out what all these words mean <laughs> already. So like, <laughs> it's, true. it's not that hard. It just feels like confusing in the moment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're learning a whole new vocab. And so then, yeah, this is also the lexical part of the world building we could say too. Mm-hmm. And then there are some really cool powers like teleportation. And then for the Obeas, at least they seem to be separated into to different metiers. So I don't know if the Alumbar are as well. That I was not sure about. And so you kind of mentioned this before, how like it's their like specialization. But I also had kind of liked how like the powers were not like one was not considered better than the other. Um, I thought that was really interesting. And you don't often see that in magical systems. Like sometimes often you see it as like one power is better than another and they kind of try to make it all equal in this in this magical system yeah that's a good point so I'm looking at this like index thing that's in the back of the book about like that lists the I don't know different sects mm-hmm. <laughs> uh for like the of the obeah so like different artisans and like the bone mantis like the seers mm-hmm. or bone mm-hmm. man is that how you say it mm-hmm and then like growers, poisoners, squalors, uh, stealths. And so these are those kinds of, these are the people that had like the scarification. That yeah. would, that'd be how that you like tell. And then the Alumbrar have also artisans and like healers and sibyls and oh, okay. squalors so have, like, and stealths ones. and wranglers and, and stuff like that. So like they do have, it does seem like they have different specializations. Oh, okay. But they don't do the scarring and they mm-hmm. interpret and they, you know, use the conduits, which they obey a don't usually right right they seem to like call on their ancestors kind of like we saw in um legendborn yeah yeah um for help or their magic seems to come from that source um and the and the alumbra are like do not like that they're like oh god like this is terrifying <laughs> must control it must control <laughs> or at least like that's what the doyen is doing yeah yeah there's also yeah there are so many cool things like also spirit shunting like mm-hmm. th- at one point this person's eyes roll into the back of their head and they like astral project in order to be able to like send a message to someone. I'm just thinking, wow, that would be really helpful to be able to like hologram into someone. <laughs> to see someone yeah, else. but also like super invasive, like please. Yeah, you'd have to that. like. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, the deleterious doll, which I mm-hmm. thought was cool. Yeah, kind of reminded me like of a voodoo doll. I yeah. think that would be something people would related to mm-hmm. and so many cool magical creatures mm-hmm. that i liked the carnivorous slugs that these people <laughs> wore around their necks and then they sucked people's magical power or energy or something yeah it was gross i was like wow that's cool and then prowlers which i didn't i didn't are they like felines or in some way well, I I, they were kind of like um big lizards almost okay i think you're right i think you're right i w- did not understand what those were I just was like, okay, we ride them. Cool. Quadruped, we yeah. ride it. Yes. And they're like, they were like, I think she said at one point it's like less reptilian, like it's reptilian, but like a big dog reptile, like a dog you can ride. That's a reptile. Like, so like a horse reptile, <laughs> <laughs> like a Komodo dragon. Yeah. But like fun and cuddly <laughs> without poisonous venom. Oh, I didn't know they were poisonous. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They're like saliva, super poisonous. Oh, well, luckily I've never run across one. (laughs) And don't plan on it. You've never just gotten lost in an island in Indonesia, in an Indonesian archipelago? Okay, good. No. There's also Baudelice. We were just talking about Italian, so. Yeah. Badalice. <laughs> Before um, recording, we were talking about one. that. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I, I got the page. Because I'm precise like that. 370. <laughs> Not me. I'm just like writing random stuff in there. No page numbers. <laughs> I don't remember. If I don't go through and annotate, like, I don't remember shit. Okay. Yeah. So uh, this is Araya, and she's fighting this thing with Kirdon. Kirdon? Kieran? Kieran? It has a D in it. Oh, it sounded... I mean, okay, I was listening at two times the speed, but it sounded like Kieran to me. Okay, cool. Kieran? Kieran? I don't know. So it's like a hard outer shell, and it's soft underneath, and... Oh, yes, yes, yes. It, like, has... 
like crooked teeth and it's it lives in dark in places like underneath the mountains where there's no light and so it's like hairless and like yeah so that was like (laughs) a scary little creature moment yeah it was gross (laughs) and they're like fighting that thing together okay so gold which is steeped in gold it's part of the title people are wearing gold around their necks there's a mystical waterfall of gold. Mm-hmm. That uh, pirate is like, let me get that. <laughs> I and so like, I feel like we got to talk about gold and the role it plays. Um, can you, aka, please explain it to me? Yeah. So I think the Alumbrar use the gold as a conduit for their magic, okay. and I don't think the Obeya do. But gold seemed to be like one of the colors of the royalty. So because at one point, Iraya is like mad that jasmine is like wearing all this gold because she was like that was the color of my family um so i feel like it has like a status symbol and at the same time it's like used as a conduit for magic and the obeya like have to use it as a conduit for magic now because they're not allowed to like they're not supposed to be calling on their ancestors anymore so does everyone have glyphs on them for compulsion or just like araya I'm curious oh, I, if, like, is that part of how the Alumbrar control the Obea? Yeah, it it is. Okay, okay. Yeah, so those yeah those glyphs are like how they control the Obea who are who and reduce them to having to use the conduit. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I'm guessing part of that glyph and like control magic is telling them not to call on the ancestors, but obviously we see Iraya does like subverting. Oh, what do they call them? Like shook bargains yeah which ma- reminded me of like bargains you make with fairies like you gotta get that wording right or else you are fucked it's gotta <laughs> be like specific yet open enough and i love those mm-hmm. like little word plays because it's like yes we need to just te- we need to teach people how to do critical thinking and yeah. to craft a sentence <laughs> and an argument yeah so the shook bargains were really interesting and it's kind of how they got around the glyphs because they're like oh well araya is obviously supposed to be in charge so we're not gonna leave um Aika without a ruler so we're good (laughs) okay so back so back to the gold the doyen like was wearing a bunch of gold and that like made her super powerful right Mm -hmm. i think so yeah and then did we find the waterfall of gold Mm -mm. okay we want to find it still right we want to find it that that pirate hottie pirate hottie raj is like I want you to help me find this gold and then I'll help you become the pirate queen because now Jasmine's like, I'm going to be Doyen and powered pirate queen, power queen. She's going to be the queen of all of it. So, <laughs> so we haven't found the waterfall, but I'm going to guess book two. Jasmine was reminding me of Amari with her character transformation through this whole time from children of blood and bone, you know, just like seeing what oh. her parents did and then being like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like that. And then is like, like that let me be like that yeah (laughs) (laughs) let me live that life yeah it was pretty similar and you it's hard because like you understand like why like why she's making the decisions and the same for iraya like you understand why they're making their decisions and at the same time you're like bro those are the wrong decisions (laughs) (laughs) so that's some good writing yes oh so good there's lots of discussion about like this kind of segues from like using the gold as a conduit what you were saying when you were explaining this to me like there's lots of discussion about being a conductor or a vehicle or a vessel for magical power so i'm getting that that kind of has to do with the gold and that has to do with whether it's obeya or a lumbrar magic Mm -hmm. really and then the three kinds of magical intent i thought were interesting like how you're focusing your energy um Mm -hmm. matters and like the reasoning behind your Using magic, I I liked how this peeling back, like how the actual like your will changes the manifestation of the source magic. I thought that was mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and it's interesting because like I guess it's a way for the author to like kind of give us a lot of backstory for how the magical system works without it being like it didn't. It also didn't feel like an info dump. Like there was a lot of explaining going on in this book, but didn't feel yeah. like. Here's just a shit ton of information. Figure it out. <laughs> it's true. So we, we talked a little bit about the glyphs for compulsion or control. And I just want to like pull out this thread because it's in all of our or it's in a lot of our books where there's a magical system mm-hmm. that um, like the oppressor essentially uses like has a fear based mindset 
and a scarcity based framework. And then they use power. Magic is usually how it manifests in these books in order to um, quell rebellion, in order to control people, in order to change like entire historical narratives, like keep people ignorant of things, etc. Yeah, I just want to put that on the table. Yeah, I echo that. Yeah, it's good. Magical objects. How do you pronounce this? The oh, zhezh. Zhezhis? Yeah. <laughs> Zhezhis. We have a grimoire. We have an amplifier locket. We have the mirror of two faces, which is technically two mirrors. Yeah. Spoilers, but Spoiler. you're here because of the spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> There's all the spoilers. And then the falls. Yes. I'm not like going to talk about the series that shall not be named, but it reminded yeah. me of some hallows and like looking for magical objects and those sorts of yeah. things. Yeah, which is like kind of fun. I feel like there's a lot of books that do that. Like, uh, okay, well, I can't think of one right now. Of course, <laughs> all books have left my brain. No other books exist except for this one and the one that shall not be named. So. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going on an adventure, you got to find some shit like like the Avengers. Let's go with Avengers Infinity uh, and Infinity Stones. <laughs> Yeah, it, like Infinity Stones, you got to find all the things. Also, spoilers, I guess. But if you haven't seen it, like I feel like everyone's seen it at this point. Like <laughs> I am not. <laughs> I'm just gonna think spoiling. about the the judges as Infinity Stones now. <laughs> yeah, I mean they kind of are. And so, right at the end of the story, we basically have like an equal divide of Infinity mm-hmm. Stones, right? Yes. Between Jasmine and Araya. So that's that's yeah. up for like a big clash in the second one, which will be cool. Yeah, because one each of them have one mirror, and neither of them know where this gold waterfall is, I'm guessing. And then one has the locket, and the other has the grimoire. Yeah. Or okay, no. So. Oh, does Araya right? have both the grimoire and the locket? I don't know. Araya might. Oh, okay, I think Kieran has like hidden the locket somewhere, so I don't know if he got it before he left, so maybe it's possible that Jasmine can find it in the next book. Um, with the help of her pirate prince. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. Okay, well, we don't remember where the locket is, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh, I just want to mention that Araya brings back a zombie empress, and that was cool. I don't remember this. What? This happens at the end. She, like, calls up her ancestors from the dead in the graveyard. Oh, 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 oh. But she's, like, dead at the end again, right? I think she, like, awoke, awoke it to help with the fight. Okay, wasn't yeah, there like yeah, some yeah. big fight there was a big there were a lot of big yeah, fights big fight. okay yeah the fight scenes kind of all get muddled in my head because i'm like fighting like i wish they could just put like a fighting emoji in there and then be like done yeah i'm, I'm like, just I like can't. i'm just like imagine people like punching each other like I those <laughs> plastic like, toy em, robots exactly yeah. <laughs> fighting <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Mm-hmm, <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or like uh lightsabers and then i'm like oh, okay yeah. next Speaking of lightsabers, now we're going to talk about conflict, villains, and good versus evil in our segment, Get Me Kylo Ren. By the end of the story, I don't even know who the villains are. The Doyen was like really bad, so I was glad she died. But at the same time, maybe it wasn't really all on her. Like maybe there were some like monsters that came and killed people that we just found out about the end. It was kind of a cliffhanger ending. Wait, what monsters? So there was like... <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was this the thing that starts with an S? The Saku... The Sak... Something? I think so, yeah. And they didn't have faces? Yeah. And they're like... I'm confused. Mystical creatures that we weren't really sure. So maybe they're the ones that killed Iraya's parents. I wasn't sure if that's what um, Kieran was trying to say. But I'm also like, he's a liar. So I don't even know if I can trust him. So I don't know. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm so glad we're talking about this book. (laughs) It's funny. We're both like, we're very confused, but we really enjoyed it. It's fun. <laughs> exactly. It's fun. It means like we're up in the in the mystery of it all and that's wonderful. Yeah, there's just like a lot going on, so I'm like I just need book 2 like Shannon Smart when is it coming out? I'll just look it up, but also fun. Um yeah, also so, take your time, make it good. We believe in you. Yeah. Unless you're Tracy Dion, I would like Legend Born number 2 tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's going to be in her mentions. I will not (laughs) (laughs) because boundaries. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But anyways, I don't really know who the villains are in this story. There's just like a lot of bad people. 
who are doing bad things, maybe for good reasons, but also doing it badly. I think that's my favorite. Yeah. It's just very gray. (laughs) Fifty Shades. Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, We saw, again, I was getting a... It was interesting to read this, like, right back to back with the Gilded Mm -hmm. Ones, because... Agreed. uh, Which I don't know if I would recommend, because I think you would be able, with some space in between, would maybe be able to enjoy each of them, like, without... I don't know, maybe blending quite as much, but it's like, it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing either. Um, yeah. there, so we saw conscri- conscription again. So the oppressed mm-hmm. are forced to fight for the oppressor. Yeah. And these books came out like at very similar times. Like, so it was, it's funny to see something like kind of similar come out right together. You know, it's just like, yeah. In the ether, I guess. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> it's and, the time. And it was like, um, yeah, just some, just some interesting parallels. Yeah. Gorgeous covers, the gold part, you Mm -hmm. know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess there's just something in the ether that is that we need these kind of stories at the moment. Yeah, I love it. Again, with the messed up parent. Always. Uh, Doyen Cariot. How do you pronounce it? Carriot. Carriot. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly's like, ooh, make it fancy. <laughs> make it fancy. <laughs> um, so I this kind of gets to your point that you mentioned earlier about like you don't know who the villains are and maybe it wasn't all the Doyen's fault and all the shit. Um, because like generations of harm led to where Ayika is today. And we see that in like Doyen Carriot's story, for example, when she on I think this is on page four eighty eight. Um, talks about the unlit coming in the night and they this is a quote they took from us just as their magic and status was taken from them by the obeah which is council they abused mama and me she opted to take her own life afterward rather than living with the shame of being ravaged by a beast as i did so there was no um this is you know an allusion to sexual violence and mm-hmm. um yeah which uh like in the, in the context of uh like retribution vengeance so it's like the cycle of harm that we're seeing repeated yeah um and then this person i forget who said it but like no one comes into violence having for the first time having committed it Mm. like you know you experience it the first time Mm -hmm. um so yeah that just was on my mind for this section in particular you have anything to say about that yeah i mean i that's why i was like i don't really know that we can say that doyanne carriott was like this villain because you know it is like a it it's hard to break those cycles of generational violence like it's really difficult and i think we get better and better as the generations go on but we can even see throughout the story how jasmine is like she wants to fix things and then in her way to do that is like uriah has to die for this or that kid she's like about to sacrifice from the yielding because she hates him (laughs) (laughs) she's petty she's petty yeah that's why i love her i was like yeah do it kill that guy he seems like an (laughs) asshole but um you kind of see how she's like she is a little bit better than doyen carriott but she's still like doing bad shit you know so we like it's hard to learn our lessons in like big leaps and bounds you know yeah and what i thought was so this is at the end of the book i think there's like 540 ish 530 ish pages and this is like 48 49 so it's like doyan carriott is clearly like self-aware and so it mm-hmm. was interesting to me to have a villain not a villain i mean a, a character let's just say it's a character that's like you know admit very like premeditated admitting to what they're doing and why they're doing it and they and they know it's because of their trauma and uh they they say this afterwards she says this and while nothing saddens me more than the realization that I've become become like those I loathe for power acceptance. Sometimes we do what we never thought we would. And I was like, wow, uh, you really like are aware of what's going on here and you're still doing the thing. All right. Yeah. So maybe there's like no villains in this story other than like this strong desire to have power at all costs because you think like the power will fix the problems that have been created by some other group of people when really it's like, y'all just need to all go to therapy (laughs) and plant some gardens together and (laughs) dance. Yeah. Although, you know, that does require, you know, resources and money and stuff in the real world. In this world, it seems like 
you could get a lot of stuff just go to that gold waterfall shit i know let's just all like bathe in the gold waterfall and all will be fixed (laughs) (laughs) you touched on this just now but there was like i was getting real hunger games vibrations with the situation with the yielding like they're all like competing and like breeding to in order to like compete for this quote-unquote like amazing thing (laughs) to be sacrificed (laughs) well and and so i thought that it was i liked that it was like no 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 we're talking like literal it's like literal Mm -hmm. sacrifice we're doing blood magic like this is how the magical system works i liked that part yeah it was also like i really appreciate that we didn't have to watch any of the yielding it's kind of like yeah like, I don't hate, like, obviously, as you all know, I don't really enjoy a travel story that much. And I don't dislike, like, I loved Hunger Games when it came out and stuff. And it's fine to, like, see that stuff through. And I think we saw it with um, A Psalm of Storms and, wait, what is it? Silence. Uh, and Silence. Um, Like, we see them going through the trials. But I'm like, I don't really need to see it to know that it happened. Like, it's fine. I think maybe it's just, like, an overabundance of those stories with, like, trials. Um, I'm just like, yeah, thank you, Shannon Smart, for just telling us it happened, mm-hmm. showing us the aftermath, and not making me watch the whole thing. Yeah. I was feeling a little bit like there were a lot of these, like, mm, how would you say, like, archetypes that, mm-hmm. you, that, that Shannon Smart was playing around with, like, this, like, I volunteer as tribute Hunger Games thing. Yeah. This, like, chosen one thing lost empress revolution this Mm -hmm. like mom daughter thing uh yeah yeah so um you know a lot of these through lines that we're seeing yeah but i feel like she played with them in like a different way than we've seen in the past and kind of like almost satirized them in a way so it was it was interesting to see like a different take on this (laughs) she's like you want your hunger games sure i'll give you your hunger games here you go (laughs) (laughs) you want your chosen one story here you go but it's not the chosen one you think you want (laughs) exactly (laughs) here for it totally i think like to top off this section we'll just talk about like witch fire a little bit and how there's the um this like quest for an amazing weapon Mm-hmm. that then makes you more powerful and able to, def- you know, wreak havoc on the ruling regime or whatever. Um, so I'm curious to see like more about this. Cause are we going to get to know more unlit slash Jade guild? Cause are those the same thing? I, I wasn't completely. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't think so because like the Jade guild is like, I think, Kieran was working with them and Mm -hmm. then the unlit are like maybe the people who actually killed Uriah's parents like they're another I'm not really sure all right cool 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 we'll just keep going we'll figure it out later (laughs) it's it's not important we'll figure it out later yeah yeah onward magical friends just as one does not simply walk into Mordor, one does not simply read fantasy without talking about representations of race, class, gender, and ability, et cetera, et cetera. This is our segment about power and bodies and how they relate. I think this book does a lot in showing what it means to be a subjugated class and what it means when people go from being in the upper echelons of society to the bottom. And we see this in particular with um, Iraya. So she had been a, like a princess, I guess. She was like the second, I I think maybe they had a name for them, but they had a name for it. But she's like second in line to the throne um, because her mom was the doyen. And then she becomes, you know, she's like imprisoned. And I'm wondering if we're going to see her (laughs) kind of come to realize like maybe we shouldn't be subjugating certain groups of people. She's not there yet, but I'm hoping she's on her way. (laughs) Yeah, we did see like this is what happens when, you know, you have this like, coup or revolution and then like the power vacuum and it gets if you're not like really thinking about what kinds of structures you want to put in there to make things different then you're basically just going to replace it and just be like part two yeah so yeah and that's what we see like doyenne Carriott was like in a subjugated class yeah. and now she is just doing the same things over again yeah exactly all the societies within Aika seem to be matriarchal, but to the point that the men are on the receiving end of discrimination within their society. <laughs> and 
I don't know if Shannon Smart is like playing with this idea, like where sometimes you see in feminism where they're like, women need to be in charge now. And I'm like, oh, don't you mean you want equity and everyone to be able to like have an opportunity to be in charge, not like. <laughs> and to like be themselves. Yeah. Instead of being like, oh, we like we just want to do the same things that white men have done to us for all this time. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like we just want an equal opportunity to be an oppressor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which i'm like i don't think that's what i want she's literally like stroking her chin beard right now <laughs> my imagination yeah. <laughs> so i'm just like i don't think i want to be the oppressor i think i hate them and i don't want to become them but we actually see that's what's happening in this society so um, mm -hmm. it was interesting to view a society from that lens where like it's obviously very binary in this book at least at this point but like the men are not allowed to have certain jobs or like if they're first born, they're like, send them off to the military because we're like, we, we, you don't get our magical powers. <laughs> and I was like, damn, that wow, is horribly following through. <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, I like the, I like how we saw like, ooh, maybe, maybe we don't want to be the oppressors. We just want all opportunities. <laughs> yep. Yep. For all people. So Madison, which I'm kind of surprised that we haven't talked about this like character that's in the book, but isn't in the book. Um, mm -hmm. So this is Jasmine's sister, mm -hmm. younger sister. I wasn't older sure. Sister? I, I thought she was an older sister, but she didn't seem to be the next in line. Sistren, if you're using the vocab from the book. Yeah. And then she, she died in this yielding in the Hunger Games mm -hmm. <laughs> in the yielding. And but not as like the sacrifice. She died during the competition. But she also had various powerful exes that were maybe mm -hmm. this should maybe I'm getting too far away into shipwrecked, but whatever. It's about pirate. I'm about to get to the pirate queen, so who cares? It's all connected. <laughs> um so Vea, which is one of Madison's exes, was the pirate queen, and we hear the pirate hottie, what's his name? Roj. Raj. Raj. Or so like he's talking to Araya about, you know, this power vacuum or whatever that's going to happen with this. Like, I'm excited. Do we get to see the competition to be pirate queen next book? Like, that would be cool. But like Vea is sick, but looking well. So this whole like you don't look sick discourse. Yeah. Semi apparent illness. Yeah. Just um, I don't know why I, I just put this in here. Because it's our lives and we don't look sick and we're sick, so <laughs> we maybe have I'm just to like talk about it. Super fucking sensitive to it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for obvious reasons, I would say. <laughs> yeah, people can be sick. You don't always know, so be kind. <laughs> and in the be kind vein, I would I would just like to say that one does not simply call things lame. Yeah, there was a lot of that. <laughs> or crazy. Yeah. They had another word for crazy in the story, which was interesting. Saki. I don't remember what it was. Oh, yeah. There S -A -K -K -I, we go. S-A-K-K-I, I think. Okay. But yeah, let's just, can we phase that out, please? Thanks. Okay, thanks. Bye. XOXO. <laughs> Gossip girl. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, it's time for Shipwrecked, a segment about asexuality, sexuality, sex, romance, and relationships. And sometimes we take liberties and do some shipping of our own. There really isn't a ton of romance in this book. Araya and Kiran seem to have a thing at the end, but it was kind of Jasmine and Kiran at the beginning. And we do see some jealousy coming about as a result of that, but then it turns out that Kiran was lying to Jasmine the whole time. And I don't really know that Jasmine even wanted anything to go on with him. She's kind of like, seems to be like not really interested, but she's also kind of interested in Raj now, the pirate prince. So I don't really know, but obviously it seems like they're coupling up Iraya and Kiran, at least to some extent, but I don't know if that's going to stick because he's a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, he has not been 100% truthful to anyone. Mm -mm. Don't trust him. I was I was glad that there wasn't like a lot of love triangle vibes. No, we didn't really need it. No, there was like way too much. If there had been like romance in this book, I would have been like, I'm, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's already a lot going on. We don't really need that. Like, and I also couldn't tell if Jasmine was kind of jealous of like the friendship forming between Iraya mm. and Kieran and not so much of like the fact that they might have a romantic relationship, but that she's like losing a close companion. Right. So being yeah, replaced. Sad. Yeah, it's sad and hard. Yeah. <laughs> friendship is hard. <laughs> it is. It is. 
there's a lot of grief in this story, but it's like palpable and latent, but not like the people aren't. Well, there's like that wall where people go to mourn mm-hmm. or, or like the walk that, that they do. It just feels like there is a lot of um, unprocessed grief. Maybe that's the way to say it. Yeah. And that that causes some pent up emotions and then probably some reactivity. Yeah. And maybe some thoughts of vengeance and hurting people. <laughs> yeah. And, but like the Doyen's relationship to like her daughter's death, that was weird. Like, I, I don't know. It just seemed to this Madison dying really, it seemed changed the relationship between Jasmine and her mom. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I wasn't really clear on how all these dynamics were working. And then Jasmine ended up hating her mom and then her mom died. So, yeah. One, I think it's kind of difficult because it seemed like at the beginning of the book, Jasmine's talking about how like that is the person who birthed me, but like she's not very motherly. And I was like, well, maybe she had kids because she felt like she had to, to like pass on like, because she is the doyen and she is expected to, but wasn't really someone who wanted to have children. Or if it's just like mothering is not something that is important to their society, or at least in this case. So it's, it was kind of, it, but it's hard because Iraya had like a different experience where her mom was like braiding her hair and taking care of her. And she had this close relationship with her dad. But yeah, the doyen Carriott was not interested in being a mom. It seemed like, which Mm-mm is an acceptable thing to do i mean i wouldn't have kids because of that but (laughs) maybe she felt like she had to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i don't know why you'd have two i guess in case one dies in a yielding but (laughs) now we're going to talk about writing style narration characterization plot structure and basically whatever else comes to mind in a segment called kill your darlings One of the things we've kind of touched on a few times, I think, throughout this episode is that, and one of the things I really loved about this story, is that no one was all good or all bad. Seemingly good people were making bad decisions, and people who seemed bad sometimes made the decisions, they like the best decisions they could in that moment. And depending on if you like Uriah or Jasmine more, you might see one or the other as the villain in this story. But they were both so different, their motives were so clear, and I just want them to be friends, at least. (laughs) At least. They would accomplish so much more together than they do when they go against each other. Um, so I'm really excited to see how this relationship like changes or gets worse or better as that now that they're going to be apart again, it seems in the story. So, and it seems like on opposite sides of the conflict. Yeah. But it was just like their characters were just so well written and so distinct from each other. It was very impressive. I think it's sometimes hard, especially when you have characters who are, kind of similar or especially if you're like doing two like femme characters sometimes you you do see how they get like muddled a little bit but Mm -hmm. um shannon smart did like such a good job writing them and making them so distinct from each other i was like impressed yes period you said (laughs) it there's there's a like a little phrase that i'm that i've noticed and it i noticed it in this book a few times but i've also been noticing it in the other books that i've been like listening to on audiobook this worrying your lower lip between your teeth. <laughs> uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Be- so because been... you don't do it or because you don't know what it means? No, I know what it means, but I was uh-huh. I was just noticing it in a way that I hadn't before. Uh-oh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a very effective, like, quick description for you to imagine what someone is doing. Yeah, and you can't say, like, biting your lips anymore because, like, that has become, like, a tropey little phrase in romance. So, like, you can't even just say that. <laughs> <laughs> biting my lip <laughs> yeah even though that's what you're doing exactly <laughs> um i said this in my initial reactions and so i'm excited to get into it the writing the turns of phrase just like i have a few quotes let's hear them araya doesn't even doesn't even move when one slices her arm with a small dagger the skin parting in a sigh her blood a crimson splash against the blade skin parting in a sigh i was like Oh my god, that is so good. Like it is so good. It's so visceral. And I was uh, like, <laughs> Oh my I, I read that I read that line like ten times over. I was like, damn, this is some good writing. I like that. <laughs> also, this d- dawn flowers like a bruise on page fifty two. I'm like, oh, so good. God damn. So good. 
also like the word choice and the vocabulary. I learned a new word, acuminate. Mm-hmm. Acuminate. Oh, what does it mean? I'm Googling it as we <laughs> speak. <laughs> Tapering to a point. Like, oh, okay, a, okay. like a leaf or a plant that tapers to a point. Mm-hmm. There's this other one. She said, celestial lambency. And I have to look up what lambency means. We're learning so much in this episode. Uh, <laughs> an appearance of reflected light, a gleam or glow, a radiance, oh. a shine, an effulgence. All right. Cool. Like phalanx and cabal for like mm-hmm. groups of soldiers, like mm-hmm. platoons, basically. Exsanguinate for taking someone's blood out. Mm-hmm. Acumen for being good at things. Lauded instead of praise. A zephyr touch for when someone is like touched by the wind. Mm. And I was just, dang. Okay. Yes. I love There's all so this vocab. <laughs> at one point I heard, um, I think something was called a mecca of trade mm-hmm. or something like that. And I don't know. My feeling is just that maybe this is a shorthand that we don't need. Okay. I don't know. I, I got, I got no thoughts on this. All right. Cool. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that word has a meaning outside of like the religious place that people go to. Um, or if the word has like a meaning, I don't know. The, the, how, it's like, it's like very sacred. And yeah. Like, like Howard is called, yeah, but like Howard is called like the Black Mecca. Like they call it the Mecca uh-huh. <laughs> of like Black intellectual thought. So yeah, I don't know. It's hard when it's like also a word that's used in like my community, but like obviously not all Black people are Muslim. So I don't know. I yeah. I don't ask know. A Muslim person. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> or you know, like a group. Like I don't know. One person doesn't speak for the whole. Group, yeah, that's obviously. true. That's true. <laughs> Before we end, it's time for Real Talk. Did reading this book make your perspective change in any way, or did it make you interrogate a concept, system, or trend that you hadn't before? Jesse. Side-eye emoji. anything <laughs> to say here, but I did write in the show notes so that Kelly can't say I didn't write anything here. Like, I didn't, <laughs> I did write something. It just is nothing. <laughs> You just wrote that you didn't have anything to say. <laughs> I did. I did. I feel like I'm trolling Kelly the in the rule. show notes. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you are. It's so true. So rude. Uh, you're um, welcome. So here are some quotes because that's my shit. Uh, there's no place for sentiment in ruling. This is on 144. So like this whole question of when you're in charge, it's like definitely a power over framework. Mm-hmm. And it's that in order to maintain that, you can't have emotions because then you'd be like, oh, shit maybe we shouldn't be doing this power over thing in the first place and it should be power with. So like, I get why people, this reminded me of a non too in children of blood and bone where it's just like mm. duty over everything, responsibility over everything. How about like critical thinking over everything that might just help us think through all the issues. Yes. If you don't want sentiment involved, but whatever. At one point, <laughs> I, that, I love that you pointed that out because like at one point there's literally an interaction that Jasmine has with her mom, Doyen Cariot where she's like giving Doyenne Carriott's like giving her an order as the emissary and she goes why and yeah. like because she's the only person who's thinking to ask why instead of just and questioning orders instead of just like following things for like I don't know just to be obedient and a people yeah. pleaser well it's hard too when it's your parent because they're like because I said so and I'm like that's not a fucking answer <laughs> uh another quote this is um how do you pronounce this name delise delise to araya um on page 269 nice unity (laughs) is the sweetest (laughs) i had to i'm just trolling jesse now (laughs) Uh, this podcast is made with a 31 year old adult and a small middle school boy (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, my gosh (laughs) uh quote Unity is the sweetest resistance in an atmosphere created to foster discord. This reminded me of um, you not too long ago brought up Adrian Marie Brown and we will not cancel us mm-hmm. in a in a real talk section recently. I can't remember. Was it for Legendborn? It might have been. I don't remember. I don't either. I just remember it was recent ish. <laughs> yeah, I liked this that the like 
like the oppressors get power from us be from our illusion maintaining the illusion of our separateness yeah and like sowing discord is definitely a tactic and in order to separate people and keep them from like uniting and using their power well i think it's like such a good example of how like politics works in our real world as well like the people on high like make these rules that they know will get people upset or say things that they know will cause argumentation and i think they do it to like keep us from taking a look at what they're really doing and instead of unifying together Ugh, so frustrating mm. don't trust the white man <laughs> or systems made by centering for and to perpetuate that person's power i mean that's those are the structures that we have in place at the moment yeah. that's like what the state has become it's a european framework exported from there from like the 1500s and then 1400s and then yeah here we are here we are Another a last point that I would put in here in this real talk section is the I really like these little nuggets that come up throughout. And I think it was both for Araya and Jasmine, but the role of intuition and instinct in guiding their actions and how we see this is kind of when they're acting as their quote unquote highest self, you know, like following their gut and doing what they think is right, but not easy. That's it. That's what I got. Good real talk. Kelly had so many things. Oh my gosh. It was so real. It was so real. (laughs) Are we ready for some card questions? Yes. Kelly's shaking her jar. I don't know what that is. It's a box. It's a plastic box. It's a plastic box. Box. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) With some cards in it. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if we can find a decent question. Ooh, I like this question. What emotions did this book provoke in you? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you oh, my Godding me? Uh, Because you know I hate emotions. They are the bane of my existence. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pregnant pause. Yeah. Oh, this is a hard question. I can you answer. You want to go first? Okay. <laughs> For me, there were several moments where I was like, because we go back and forth, but and between different perspectives. So there's some dramatic irony where you know something that all the characters don't have the same access to. And so I was like, if you would just like talk to each other. So I was frustrated. Yeah. Sometimes. I would say frustration is a good one. Like I was frustrated with both of them at different points. I also just like, want to give them both a hug i think i like Araya better which i don't know why because i'm like why are you trusting that kieran guy like ugh. but i also really like jasmine i just like like them i want to give them hugs that's how i feel and we're just saying <laughs> something because jesse wanted to give someone a hug that's high high praise that's intimate. not a hugger yeah no. <laughs> want to do another one let's do another one you could just be like no would this story make a good movie oh it would make a fantastic excellent movie movie. oh i sell those film rights yeah i would i'm really excited because i think children in blood and bone is like picked up for movie stuff i'm really excited about that and i would just like love to see more like black storytelling i think it was picked up by lucas films which is basically disney so that's like wild i know yeah wow so yeah more more of that please i would love to see it i'd be so happy yep let's do this instead of the witcher thanks okay I, we can have them both <laughs> <laughs> don't be cutting off my <laughs> your henry cavill yeah like i need that right now and it's coming out soon it's already made so like let's not like <laughs> start canceling things that i want to watch <laughs> oh i'm totally gonna Kelly. watch that maybe we'll do a bonus uh, episode yeah yes Ugh, I am excited for more of it, but that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> we just read a cool book. Get this book. Yeah. That's the takeaway. Yes. Which is Seeds and Gold. It was fantastic. Would recommend. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Library Coven. We'll be back in two weeks for a discussion of We Free the Stars by Hafsa Fazil. Yay. As always, we'd love to be in conversation with you magical folks. Let us know what you think of the episode, anything we mix anything we missed or just say hi by dropping a line in the comments or by reaching out to us on twitter or instagram at the library coven y'all know this by now if you're still listening and haven't paused it you're gonna get some ad lib (laughs) from me as a little treat you know this by but so like rate subscribe 
on wherever you get your podcasts and review the show. We got the nicest review from Aaron with like seven G's on the end. And <laughs> I saw it recently and I set, I took a screenshot and I sent it to Jesse and I was just like, oh my God, someone gets it. Like lots of you get it, but like, it's just nice to get those little um, messages from those little blips from the universe saying that like, you're not just talking into the void. So we really love it. Um, and tell people about it. Send someone your favorite episode, bully your friend into reading Legendborn. <laughs> and if you're able to support our labor financially, you can make a one-time donation to us on coffee. We got an anonymous $30 tip once and I was like, dang. Don't you remember that? So kind. And you can also support us monthly on Patreon by shop or by shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. Kelly is recording on Cheyenne, Ute, and Arapaho land. Jesse is recording on Peoria, Kaskakia, Payankasha, Weya, Miami, Muscotin, Odawa, Sak, Meskwaki, Kickapoo, Potawatomi, Ojibwe, and Chickasaw land. Until next time, stay magical. Stay magical.